Hey, Pastor Kate, did you get youth group planned yet? Did you finish your annual report? Did you return those calls? Did you find my truck keys? Thank you. Hey, hey, oh, hey, Pastor Kelly. Yeah. Listen, listen to this. This is so cool. I just read this out of Micah. It's like a minor prophet in the Old Testament. Listen to what it says. But you, Bethlehem, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. That is so cool. Like, Bethlehem, it's saying that Jesus is going to be born in Bethlehem, and this is like way long before Jesus was even born. That is Isn't cool. Isn't that so cool? That is awesome. Oh I love my Bible. Bibles are awesome. Bibles just are amazing. awesome. Always learning something new. And when you go to the New Testament, you get to learn all about Jesus in the Gospels. Hey, Kate, so today is Bring Your Own Bible Sunday, and I noticed you brought your Bible. I did. Can you tell us about it? Sure, yeah. I actually brought a couple, and it was kind of hard to pick, but I actually brought my study Bible that uh, my brother and sister-in-law bought for me when I was a freshman in uh, college, and they bought it for me um, for my first New Testament class that I had, and it's cool. It's great. It's got a lot of history in it, but you know what the coolest thing about this Bible is? What? A removable New Testament. <laughs> wow, you really wore that Bible out, Pastor a bit, Kate. A little bit. But it does miss the first 10 chapters of Matthew, but that's okay. We know what happens in them. And I also brought a Bible that my dad carried with him when he was in Korea. Oh, that's so yeah, these awesome. Are kind of my, these are kind of my two favorite Bibles. What oh, about you? Man. What did you bring today? Okay, I brought two Bibles too because I couldn't decide. This is the Bible I received in 1974. When I received my first Bible at the First Presbyterian Church of downtown Honolulu. Wow. And this is my favorite Bible, and it has masking tape on it because I brought it on every mission trip I've ever been on since I was ordained. So sometimes I went on two mission trips a year. So I think this has been on over 40 mission trips. So it's worn out, and there wasn't duct tape in the bin, so there's <laughs> masking tape. That's amazing. So we, we, uh, we have some questions for you all this morning. So if you brought your Bible from home, let's see them. Even if you got a Bible app, go ahead and raise that phone. All right. Fantastic. All right. So we know who got the newest Bibles today. We just saw that presentation. I want to ask you, who has the oldest Bible today? So let me ask this. Does anyone have a Bible that is 75 years old or older? Wow. Oh, I got one. How old is it? <laughs> what year? Uh, wow, that is wonderful. So 90, over 90 years. That's amazing. Okay, now here's some Bible questions for you today. Are you ready for the quiz? How many testaments are in the Bible? Two. Two testaments, that's right. How many books are in the Old Testament? No cheating. Anybody? 
39, that's right, very good. And so then how many are in the New Testament? 27, I heard it, wow, well done. Brooke, and hey, look at my students, well done. <laughs> All right, so total, how many books total in the Bible? 66, 66. well done. Okay, so all at one time, I want you to shout out who's your favorite character in the Old Testament. Josiah. All right, sounds good. All at once, who is your favorite character from the New Testament? Jesus. <laughs> all right, here we go. Can you name? An Old Testament prophet. Yeah, all right, very good. And can we say the names of all four of the Gospels together? Ready? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Excellent. So our scripture passage, one of them that we're working on and our kids in Sunday school class are concentrating on is a scripture passage known as the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. We used to have to memorize the scripture passage and we actually have it printed, but don't turn around and cheat. As you're going to go out of worship today, we have it printed above your heads as you go through the doors. Uh, can we say it together? So Jesus said, go, go therefore, therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All right. Very good. You forgot the best part, though, at the end. He says, and surely... I am with you always, always, till the very end of the age. Mm -hmm. Till the end of the world, is that what you're going to say? Ah, <laughs> it probably depends on the translation. Yes, surely I am with you. So before we can get to the Great Commission, we have to start with the call stories. And this morning, Gretchen read for us one of the call stories that we hear when Jesus calls his disciples. So we've got our buddy Peter, who is also called Simon, and we learned a little bit about him and his call story. What do we know Peter to be? What is his job? He's a fisherman, yeah. So Jesus comes across him while he's fishing out on Lake Galilee, and he was having no success. He was just done. He, was, he had been fishing all night, and not even a minnow had he caught in his net. So he was tired. Jesus comes along. He has no idea who Jesus is. And Jesus says, hey, can you please push back out into deep water and let down your nets. And he kind of whines a little bit. He's like, Jesus, I've already been fishing all night. But if you say so, and what happens when he let down his net that second time? He got a huge catch. And Peter was just so astounded. He fell to his knees in awe at Jesus. Imagine being so awed by God that it would make you fall to your knees. So Peter, in spite of all of his shortcomings, he went on to start Jesus's church. Peter is one of the reasons why we are here, and it's amazing because he got so awed by God, and we could probably consider all of ourselves to be fish that Jesus also caught. Amen. 
In the Great Commission, Jesus gives us those words before he ascends to heaven. So imagine the disciples who had traveled with him for three years. And we know that when he went and called those disciples, he called them one by one by name. And they had, came from various backgrounds. We had physicians and we had tax collectors and we had a lot of fishermen. And you know, I was told by a fisherman that fishermen are made of strong stock because when they're in the boat, they can withstand the test of any day, whatever the weather brings. They're sure and they're steady and they're always in awe of God's good creation. So imagine that as Jesus called these disciples one by one, it wasn't like they knew he was coming and they had planned their trip and they'd packed and they told all their friends. He came up to them in the midst of life and asked them to drop everything and say, come and follow me. And Jesus is still calling and he's calling all of us and saying, will you come? And will you be my disciple? And will you follow me? You know, we were never meant to stay in one place. We worship together just as Jesus worshiped in his temple. And then we were reminded of the Great Commission that we are to go therefore to take the good news that is Jesus and to take it out into the world and to also make disciples too. And so we have much to be thankful for today. Jesus loves us. Jesus calls us. And Jesus gives us purpose to love him and to serve him. Amen. So this idea of to fish for people seems a little strange, doesn't it? But I think what Jesus was really saying was, he needs us to catch others so that we can help them experience his love. Catch them so you can show them how much Jesus loves them. Maybe even think about the net as being a hug. And when you hug someone, you wrap them up in your net so that they feel loved and cared for. So when we take seriously this idea of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, and if we dare to also be his disciple, then that means we have to love others like Jesus loved. We have to care for others like Jesus did. And maybe, just maybe, these people you catch in love may even become a disciple of Jesus's too and share his love with even more people. So are you ready to go fishing? Yes, good. So me and Pastor Kelly are going to give you some examples of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and to catch people. So after each sentence that each of us says, we want everyone to say, go fish. So if your friend is having a bad day at school, go, go fish. fish. If you see someone sitting alone in the cafeteria, Go, go fish. If your neighbor just lost their husband or wife, go, go fish. fish. If someone is struggling to carry their groceries to the car, go, go fish. fish. If you see someone at the store who could just simply use a smile, go, go fish. fish. If you see someone on the street who could use a meal or some change, 
Go fish. If someone seems sad or unhappy at their job, go fish. If you know someone who doesn't have a church family, go fish. If you are daring enough to be Jesus' disciple and want to share his love, go fish. Let us pray, and if you'd repeat after me, Dear Jesus, we thank you for calling us to be your disciple. Help us to always remember that you are with us as we go, therefore, to make disciples too. Amen.